so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. Uh, I'm Ben, I'm hosting probably for the foreseeable because our, our illustrious uh, leader Steph has had the second child. Congrats to him. Um, I'm sure you, you guys will, will be happy to know everybody's healthy. But as many of you that listen to us who have kids will know, he's going to be out of action for at least a couple of months. Um, but we'll try and keep the ship steady and we'll try and keep re regular episodes coming out. Um, easier to do when the World Cup's coming up. We don't have to record, <laughs> but we'll probably still try and get some episodes out over the, over the course of the World Cup. Um, but joining me tonight, we've got Alex. How are you? Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, all, all good. Just a bit tired with all the roller coaster of emotion from this club. But um, yeah, that, that's <laughs> why it is to be a, an OM fan. So that's cool. <laughs> Indeed. I, um, and we, we have Lewis joining us again. Uh, good to have you back. But you're, you're probably not as, not as, not as uh, enthusiastic as Alex has just been. Oh, I'm I'm very enthusiastic, Ben. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I the fact that another Marseille fan was born into the world uh, a couple of days ago, uh, thanks to our friend Steph, is always good news. Uh, I want to apologize to him. I hope, or him or her, actually, is it? Uh, do we know the? Is it? Uh, uh, I think it's a little little boy. Um, well, if it's a little boy, boy, I hope you're listening to this 20 years later, and I want to send my uh, apologies for being born into a world <laughs> where you have to support a club that puts you through as much as OM puts you through. But it's it's beautiful. There are beautiful moments. I swear. Yeah, I um, I I, I before we go, to, I I took my son to to the bar to watch the the OM Tottenham match on Tuesday, and and part of me was thinking. This is child abuse, you know. Should I really be doing this to the poor kids? Um, but I, I was put for it, so he, so shall, so shall he. Um, but is here we are, so stronger, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, supporting this club gives you thick skin, and and you can you can pretty much get anywhere in life if you can survive any, what they put put, put us through. Um, <coughs> but I was going to say the last time Steph and I recorded, I think it was just after Lens. Uh, so we hadn't yet played Frankfurt. We were both correct in being quite dreary with our forecast for Frankfurt so we'll cover that off we'll do the the two league on games so Strasbourg from um from last weekend and, and Lyon from yesterday and we'll also cover off uh, Tottenham because we have to we don't really want to but we have to um but we'll start with, with Frankfurt so we'll, we'll, we'll go pretty quickly over this one um you know it's just it, I think I think a lot of us were probably a bit on the cloud and 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 dreaming a bit too high and flying a bit too high after the the two victories with V Sporting that, that gave us a real chance of actually qualifying, which, which looked pretty gloomy after the first two games. Um, and then was it was it was it a case of sort of back down to earth against Frankfurt? Um, Lewis, what did you think? 
You know what? I thought that we gave a, a classic Marseille performance. I thought we didn't actually play that poorly. And I thought Frankfurt's, both of Frankfurt's goals were avoidable, of course, but they were also quite nice. I'm thinking especially of uh, that goal with the, if I remember correctly, with with the dummy um, where he fakes and, and then the, the guy behind him gets it and scores. I can't remember if that was the first, the first goal. It was yeah, the first, first goal, goal after, after goal. two minutes. The but yeah. but exactly, the, 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 <laughs> I, I was embarrassed at our second half performance. Um, I, I, I couldn't believe, I still can't believe that Sporting Lisbon, who seemingly were quite problematic to sort of everyone else in the group, including Tottenham, um, that we, we sort of walked all over them. Granted, the first game was given to us by their, by their keeper. Um, it still still baffles me that we didn't manage to get a single point from anyone else in the group um, in either of the legs. Um, so that was a yeah a bit of a shocker. I won't lie. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that. I was thinking, look, technically, in a normal circumstance, I think we would have gotten a point from the the last Tottenham game. But yeah, it's true. At the end of the day, we we lost all these four games. Um, I think what was key from the the, the uh, Frankfurt game for me is um, some kind of conclusion that that came lately when discussing in the chat actually is that it's really important at this level, especially when you come to you know close to the box and you know the last third of the pitch, is that o- overall in in your squad you need some quality players who work hard, some skilled players who work hard like. They had Kamada, they had Lindström, even Götze works works fairly hard, and they had Kolomani who works really hard. You know, so you have skilled player who work really hard for the team. Well, for when when you look at the way we play generally, okay, we got Alexi maybe, but we mostly put some kind of defensive midfielder like Genduzi and number ten, which is more of a hardworking player with some skills. And I think, you know, with Frankfurt, they, I don't think they dominated us over the, the, the two games, but they definitely deserve both wins because every time they have they have that, that little extra, like, good touch, good pass, through ball, um, especially from Kamada and Lindström, I think that they were really good. And it's that, that touch of class that we, we, we kind of needed in the last third and we still need because Tudor always go for, a you know, a strong, compact team who press really hard more than putting some of the, the, the more skilled guy that, that we have uh, on the bench, you know, the, the Under or maybe the Jason or Payet, but they don't work hard enough, that's why. But it, it's, you know, you need to find these these quality players who are ready to work out for the team. And that's what Frankfurt has. That's why they've won the Europa League. That's what Tottenham has to some extent. When you have someone like Perisic, where Perisic gave uh, two key assists in, in both games, uh, with these crosses, the guy is a is a left winger who they play as a, a left wing back. So he does all that work of a left wing back, like we have a, a Nuno in our team. But on top of that, you get that extra level of quality of the delivery of the crosses and so on. And I thought I think that that's what we need to to find. It's not easy to find this kind of player, but make I don't know like a Under or a Jason or whoever which player will sign in the future. These skilled player to work a little bit harder for the team more than returning to again Doozy as a ten, for instance. I think I'll, that that kind of and I'll bounce off of that. I think that what I just was reminded as you were talking to me about uh, well talking about about Frankfurt, what reminded me of that thing that is, I think is so apparent when you watch us versus a team like Frankfurt. 
is the simple things in football of one touch pass or even just a, a pass immediately without even taking a touch. Yeah. Our, their whole team, it seemed, knew how to do that. I look at our team, the number of people that look comfortable taking a touch and passing the ball like with under under pressure, I I mean, maybe Klaus, maybe Sanchez sometimes, but actually everyone else, Genduzi being the primary culprit of this, every touch he takes, you're like, oh God, oh here we go. We're gonna get countered. We're gonna because every touch is heavy and every pass is 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 heavy. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. There's this this fluidity to the way that the that Frankfurt was was passing the ball that totally. we simply don't have anywhere on the pitch. Um, exactly. And and that I think was because of, of course Arit when he does his you know uh, how do we call them the the contrôle orienté when when he when he, you know he shifts his body in a way that his touches are quite impressive or can be quite impressive. And you're like, oh, wow. And he'll he'll mega player and you'll go, oh, wow. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for, can you receive a ball under pressure, a, a, a strong pass under pressure and take a good touch and then deliver a good pass? And I honestly, apart from Klaus, who to me has other deficiencies, but that's one thing he knows how to do well. I, I can't, I, I, yeah. And Payet, obviously. But Payet, as you said, um, doesn't work hard enough. So... I think that that was the biggest thing for me for the for the Frankfurt game. Yeah, I think it's a good point. We look at they were very fluid. Kamada, Lindstrom, Götze, of course. You know, it's, it's these kind of, of players in the center of the pitch that they just you know they saw the game a bit faster. They saw the right pass. They did the right pass, and that explained the but en clair and or, or when we collapsed straight away after they scored again. They had that little extra level of, of skills. That that are players. You look at Rongier, you look at Vertu, you look at Genduzi, um, and as you say, they need to control the ball. They have that little extra touch. They have um, maybe not seeing the the, the 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 next pass as quick as Kamada uh, does. And at the end of the day, is that, that at this level is 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 uh, that little level of quality that we need that makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, not not much to add to to what you guys have said, really, and and we'll finish off on this game. But um, but just, my feeling was at the draw initially, you know, a lot of people we and and some of us the same. I think you and I, you and I, Alex, were probably more measured because we're with the with the sort of black sheep and with Debbie Downers. Um, but but <laughs> a, a lot of the yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah. That's that's what we think, but um, a lot of um, a lot of the fan base, you know, people got ahead of themselves, and and I was, I think we were like constantly just hammering home. It's like guys, we've we've been shit in the Champions League for ten years. Um, we've won, and it, and now it is, yeah, we've won uh, two of our last sixteen games in the Champions League, and and that just that just screams that. It, what does it go to show? It goes to show that that you only progress in this competition with experience. Um, and consistency, and you need to have a squad together that, that, that participates and goes through these defeats together so that, that, that they learn to hate losing and they learn to step up and they don't make the same mistakes. Rongier, um, sadly, is one of those that, 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 you know, he got found out in the first time we played with ABB a couple of years ago. Yes, we had a bit of a harder group, but, um, you know, he, he certainly 
learned that year what what the the, the differences in level between Liga and Champions League. But uh, but this time round, he, he's still up not not up to the scratch the standards. And uh, yeah, for, just to finish on Frankfurt, I think I think a lot of people just neglect. It's like guys, they didn't win the the the, the Europa League by by fluking it. They they knocked out fucking Barcelona. They knocked out quite a few good teams on their way to the final. And uh, it's. <sighs> That that keeping that squad together and adding quality, as you said, Alex, but having that experience in there is that it gave, it gave them the edge in terms of how to mentally prepare for the game and how to how to analyze us and and add to that the fact we've got yet again another new manager and half a new squad and it's just those little details that make the difference at that level. Um, yeah, and, and to bounce on that, I think there's one thing is like. I think our, our league is not as fast, is not as pressing that, that the German league. So, you know, a team like mm. Frankfurt would be used to be pressed pretty much every game of the season. And because of that, they find players and they train to be able to respond to that uh, with, you know, with the right simple touch, which is exactly the right pass that they need and so on. While when, when you play in the Liga, you know, it's more physical, but it, it's slower. You, you get a lot of counter-attack, but you're not very... You're not pressed that much. We're pretty much the only team that really presses the other teams. Um, so you you don't have that, that kind of experience to be with the ball, under pressure, in the middle of the field. Mm. And, and, and you know, Arrangier and Gendouzi are, are used to have the ball in their feet without too much pressure. And at the next level, we, we get found out. That's that's the story of, of our, our season so far in, in Champions League and also in Liga against some of the better teams um, that have pressed us. We, we've seen the difference, but uh, yeah, I'd like to think I'd like to say um, you know we'll move on to the next game and it'll be better, but but it's fucking dreadful. Um, so Marseille went to bottom of the league. Strasbourg were they bottom of the league? I think they were they were there there or thereabouts. They're definitely like 18, close. Cl- yeah. <laughs> So, so similar to Ajaccio, <laughs> and uh, um, as as he, he sort of mentioned it, Trudeau did say in the press conference after Frankfurt, it's like, look, a few of the lads need a breather. Now we, you know, we're still in chance of qualifying against Spurs, so we're gonna we're gonna rotate. Um, and he he didn't start just only rotated, but sort of half rotated because he left a lot of the starters in there. But up front, uh, we saw Bombardier for a change. Just had a rare start. Payet. Um, who I found had a pretty good first half. He, he he looks a bit sharper. And Under, who does what Under's been doing, sadly, you know, he shows moments of quality, but he missed an absolute sitter in the second half that, that would have killed the game. And so we, we went 2-0 up. Uh, Dieng gets a nice goal. Um, we then sort of get build another another fast counter-attack, get the ball to Klaus, who who crosses it from the left to Tavares at the far post to, to slot home. And and you just at that stage there was absolutely no way back for Strasbourg. You just you were just all sat there. I I sat there thinking, you know, game over. Yes, we know we struggled in the second half, but we've we've got enough to see these guys out. They're, they're not up for it tonight. And they came back, um, they made a decisive substitution, uh, Ludovica Jacques Coming back from from injury, um, I think his absence, you know, Strasbourg were decent last year. Um, his absence probably has cost them a lot of points so far this season because he, he is such a focal point of their attack, but he's also target man and he, he distributes well. But uh, as soon as he came on, they they started getting back in the game and we we fell asleep, and they get a goal and then 
Of course, it was going to be him. Kevin Gamero, of all people, scores a left foot screamer in the 92nd minute, and they equalise. And, and we're left, everybody's left sort of just looking at each other, going, how the fuck did that happen and whose fault is it? Um, so, <laughs> what, what went wrong? Lewis, what went wrong? I mean, what went wrong is what's gone wrong every most games this season, uh, which has been even the games that we've won or drawn. Uh, we did great first half and then cruise control for the second half. Um, and this was just throwing us back all the way to sort of Phyllis Boas and all those guys where it was just, oh, you know, we don't need to beat teams three nil. We might as well just beat them. You know, we'll just we'll just score a couple one or two and then we'll just put it in cruise control. And I think, you know what? There was a season a few seasons ago. Maybe you guys will be able to help me out with this. It's this one. There was a game against Rennes where we were up two nil. And we ended up either drawing or losing. And I remember Clément Grenier scored a goal. Does that does that game ring a bell? It was maybe four seasons or was ago. He, was it when he was at Gangon, maybe? Did uh, ooh, it might have been Gangon instead of Rennes. I'm thinking of a red, red I think shirt. It was yeah, towards the end of the season when we were close to get the Champions League spot. Uh, I think you might be right. I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, I'm thinking they, of, of Grenier in a, red, in a red shirt. But I, th- I think you're right. That was one of those games. I remember we went up. And I thought, uh oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be going up this early because we went up early. And I remember this was a time where if we went up, we immediately sort of parked the bus, no matter who was against us, just like uh, we just did against Strasbourg. And I remember thinking, gosh, I would have rather we scored that goal sort of 50 minutes later. And there was almost a thing of if we were down at halftime or down very quickly or drawing maybe at halftime, I was more confident than if we were leading at halftime. And yeah. I can't believe that we've come back to this where, I mean, obviously, statistically, I'd rather we lead at halftime. I'm not suggesting we should <laughs> lose our first halves at all, but the, the we've seen what this complacency does to us. And we're one of the worst teams when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, managing a lead. We, we just cannot do it. We, we have to stick to our principles, which is droit au but. We have to keep going. Now, obviously, some will say, that's not a pragmatic approach or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work with us. We just don't know how to do it. We, we've had phases where we managed to sort of keep these gritty, clean sheets and everybody goes, oh, you know, that was a really solid, you know, Tottenham-esque performance of just parking the bus. But that's not that's not our identity. And I know identity is a word that's thrown around a lot in football and identity changes. And we've had managers that are more attacking minded, some are more def- defensive minded. We're, we're not a team. What we were just saying about, you know, the Champions League, I think it's true for Ligue as well. We're not a team that has the sort of technical ability to comfortably, you know, uh, play like a Pep Guardiola team of let's just keep the ball, kick it about, defend a little bit, and then, you know, we'll be fine. And I think Strasbourg was a, was a perfect example of that. I mean, Gemiro's screamer, sure. Why is he there alone in that spot? Of course, he then, you know, a lot of players wouldn't have scored that goal. Um, but we presented him with the oppor- with with this uh, you know Bavara in the World Cup opportunity. Um, he didn't he didn't you know he didn't have to beat three men to get there. He was there alone. So um, sorry, I'm gonna I'll, I'll stop talking. I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about this game because I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to <laughs> you know, Stephen A. Smith on on U.S. radio and or or yeah. and start breaking TVs because I, I, I can't believe that game. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That for me, I think it was a very interesting game because we we, we started with a combination up from that that I really like, especially when you want to want to away playing away from home. So you got the speed of Bamba Dieng to you know pressure the defense uh, and and you know uh, putting that risk behind behind their back really. Then you have the the Paye as a as a passer who is there and you know as we know he's got the technical skills to do that. And then you have Wunder who can do the pass but he can also dribble and do these run behind the defense as well. So I, I really like um, the combination and I thought yes finally Tudor is and I'm not saying playing uh, Alexi and and Arit was a bad decision before but I think you need that kind of speed within the team and movement and that's what Jeng brings definitely but also that's what I think um, uh, Under brings so when none of them two plays I think we lack this kind of uh, run to 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 stress the defense you know behind their back and and so that was very interesting and you know he played a team that I really liked on paper and that worked extremely well first half was really good we had a lot of chances we dominated, play well with the ball, we play with speed, we play with that, you know, uh, intentions. And as you guys say, second half, as usual, we come back a bit more relaxed. And, you know, uh, and it's kind of thing that you have to put a little bit on the coach, I reckon, because if you remember when we had Bielsa, it's the one year where the coach was clearly telling the guys that like, we're not, uh, you know, uh, lifting up that, that foot from the gas, we're just going full on. And because of that, there's a lot of games that we won 3 4 nil, and everybody at Fernie was working well. But now every time, at the second half, we start the first 10 minutes, we're not quite there. And then what happened is a, a, what I see as a total collapse in terms of decision from the coach. I think for me, these defeats, exactly like the one um, uh, with Ajaxio, is on the coach for his decision. I think he was complacent. He thought he got the game in hand. So he's to, to do a lot of random substitution, like Touré instead of Kolasinac. Well, Kolasinac was really good. Uh, I can remember, I think, yeah, he removed uh, Dieng to put a front two of Payet and Harit together. But at that time, the, the, the Strasbourg coach put a lot of attacking players. A, a lot of people were ready to attack us. So we couldn't get the ball out. So what we do is a lot of long balls to Payet as a false nine. Well, that's not going to work. So we keep the ball was coming back to us, coming back to us. And at some point when you have a, you know, a makeshift defense and a team we cannot get out of pressure, well, the other team believe and, and they came back. So for me, it's just 100% on the coach on the term of like choosing exactly the right team in the, in the first half and they're becoming complacent and mixed you know, decisions, stupid tactical decisions, in my view, for the second half, which cost us two points. Um, yeah, frustrating. Yeah, again, not a lot to add. I mean, it's, it's for me, what went wrong, um, but but he didn't really have a choice, but but what went wrong went wrong long ago for Tudor and, and, and his management of the squad and, and the way that he... <laughs> seemingly, you know, his attitude, we know, his mentality, the way he, he works is very different from Sampoli, who's quite, see, you know, against all um, all illusions, he's, he's quite affected, affectionate with the players and he, he's got banter and he, he he sort of communicates pretty clearly with the squad and stuff. So last year, I mean, and, and the key difference with last year is we, he didn't have that many egos on the bench. You know, he had the, the likes of Arit and, and some of the younger players and... Um, 
that's that's the key difference for me is this year you've got the wrong profiles on the bench in terms of you have egos and you and you have the wrong coach to deal with that situation sadly um so it's you, you find yourself in this situation where indeed when you do need to rotate the guys you put in just aren't up for it or if they're not even if they are up for it they're not in the rhythm physically and so they're not sharp so back to your point earlier lewis about you know you've got your starters making you know technical errors and, and taking heavy touches and, and the wrong way to pass or whatever but but your 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 subs are just even worse and it's I, I, you have to blame the staff for some of that because it's their job to, to keep all of the players in the squad match fit um I, I i agree with people that will say nothing replaces match fitness in terms of playing a match and sharpness and, and having an opponent you know run into you and tackle you and getting used to that rhythm but still we, we they they just look miles off that pace so i think sadly Trudeau tried to, to fly a bit too close for, to the sun um and didn't really have a choice he had to he had to give the people a breather but he also had to try and reignite some of the the, the, the subs um and it's it's bitten him in the ass sadly and um I was quite surprised. I thought, you know, he would he would sort of look at it and go, fuck it, there's only three games left until the World Cup. We'll play the starters all the way and then we'll reassess during the World Cup. But this 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 will come back. Hopefully this this result will, will be put behind us quickly from a points lost point of view, but it may come back to haunt us at the end of the season, drawing stupidly like that. So um, yeah, but the steps play so. well in in that the the, the 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 first team, which was made of a lot of subs, did play well in that game. You know, Jeng Payet Unda, they played yeah. really well. I think that was the right decision. I think it's just that the when when it was the moment for the, the real stab of the game, they got totally outplayed by the struggle coach. That's I that, think you're bang on. I think but I think we both touched. Mm. You guys have both touched on something which I think is really important for Tudor is. The, the way in with the manner in which he makes substitutions, I think it's all wrong. I think we saw it against Tottenham. Um, it, it feels like, and I think you're bang on, Ben. I think it feels like he's subbing people on just because he kind of wants to make them happy or he's just like, oh, go on then, have a have a little runabout, just like, you know, Payette yesterday or something, even though obviously that worked out. Instead of making subs and making it clear to the team that when he makes a substitution, it's for a, a, a tactical reason. And it's to bring a certain, a different element to the game, because that's what a substitution is supposed to do. I, I, I agree, mate. And it's exactly what happened against Strasbourg. He started to, to pawn Toure instead of Kolasinac, while, while Kolasinac had a great game. Um, and it was the same in a way when you think in Champions League when he started to put um, uh, of, you know the two number ten of Payet and Gerson together, and he did it the same again uh, against um, Ajaccio. And the worst part is when he put the, the second keeper against Ajaccio for no reason, and that second keeper was you know at fault on the two goals. So he, he definitely he has one team. He doesn't like his subs. And then he puts them every now and then. I was like, oh, yeah, you need a little run. Fuck it. Let, let's put you on. And then you always collapse because a lot of time the way you put them doesn't quite make sense as the whole lineup. And I so, think, yeah. And, and again, I think that he's sort of misread uh, a book on management, on man management. I think he's looked at sort of man management 101 and he saw, okay, <laughs> uh, for a player to be happy, he needs to, he needs to play. Now, while that is true, 100%. I think a player also needs to know why he's playing and not just 
playing because he's on the squad and and the manager like a pity substitution. And I feel like a lot of the substitutions True. Stewart makes are pity substitutions, and players feel that. And in a way, if you think that. Payet is going to stop, or Gerson's going to stop being annoyed because you played him for 90 minutes against, uh, uh, you know, Strasbourg or whoever. Exactly. You're wrong. Yeah. I, th- I think I think players like being valued not just by their play time, but by being used in in situations the right where they way. feel useful. And and Tudor I think has uh, you know has that all wrong. And I think Tottenham, which I think we're going to come to now, um, uh, just a little segue. Um, I think is the prime example of that. That was a game where, tactically speaking, not man management reasons, tactically speaking, there were a thousand different justifications for bringing on a player like Gerson or a player like Payet, more specifically. And yet in that moment, you're so caught up in the, in the moment that you're not even thinking about your flawed perception of man management, which would have you know seen you bring Payet on. You're so deep in it that you don't even see that, tactically speaking, bringing Payet on feels logical. Now, I'm not saying that Payet would have changed the game and we would have scored and we would have qualified for the Champions League, whatever. No, I'm just saying that's what everybody, I think anybody with a football brain who's watched Marseille over the last five seasons knows that when we're in the situation we were in, bringing Payet on can only create more. We saw it in the eight minutes that he played yesterday, yesterday against Lyon. Nobody on the team offers what he offers. He's not in shape. He can't play 90 minutes. Fine. But I couldn't believe, and actually it was interesting being at the game for the Tottenham game, um, Gerson and Payet's reactions when Tudor made his final subs and they both understood that they weren't going to be playing. They got into a full-on five-minute row with the assistant manager on the sideline, which obviously I don't think the cameras picked up on. But they could not, it wasn't anger, it wasn't sadness, it was disbelief. They couldn't believe that in that moment they weren't being subbed on. So, sorry, again, I, I feel I'm getting carried away because this is, this is a <laughs> real is. point. Of, We're there now. We're there. But it, but it yeah. is, you're right. It, it was on the topic of the squad management. And, and clearly, that's, you know, that is something that, uh, I mean, Sampoli, whether it was squad management, um, I, I don't feel he needed to just as much because the people that on the bench were the bit part players who were probably brought in with the squad status of you're going to be an impact substitute. Everybody starts equal, but but you know my, my starting eleven, you can see the gulf in quality between you and the players that are starting. Um, and and having said that, the system was still built because of the possession style. Um, you know, you, you weren't just put on as you say. To, to, to just as a, as a pity run out, you were put on to play a role and you knew you'd touch the ball and, and have a pretty decent chance of making an impact when you were put on, unless you were Milik and clearly um, things just weren't going your way for whatever reason and you were a bit shit. But yeah, he's, he's, here we have such a system, we have a system that is not for everybody. The demands of the of the system that he wants to play you, you are reliant on everybody being 100% all the time. And and we can't afford to, to carry people in the system because we get exposed too quickly, sadly. So it, it leads, you're right, you know, it's time to segue into into the shit show from, from Tuesday night, which was the Tottenham game. Um, we start the game with every chance that we, we know. So for th- this this is important for the, for the, the a question I'm going to ask at the end. But um, we know that anything except, well, we know, first of all, that a defeat is, is your bottom of the group, your fact. So we know that before playing, kicking the ball. Um, and we need a draw for Europa League. 
depending on the other results of the Frankfurt Lisbon game, or we need to win and to qualify for the, for the knockout stage, and you're free automatically, right? So, so we first half can't really fault the guys. You know, we went for it despite the usual limitations, which is clearly this false nine thing. If if we had a better striker, maybe we'd have, we'd have buried a couple of those chances, but. Again, we're reliant on the on the central defender Mbemba, who who had a brilliant game up until a certain point. But you know, he 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 scores uh, an Abdoulaye Mete v Liverpool flashback Euro um Euro uh, UEFA Cup 2004. You know, massive jump for a big header. Uh, we we score just before half time, and and Tottenham had done nothing. I don't think they'd even been past the halfway line twice. And we're all thinking, right, you know. Um, this is good, but I did say to you, Alex, at the bar at half time, I said to all of you, I said, guys, remember, we felt we, we die in the second half. Um, and these guys, this will play into their hands because this is the, this is what they were instructed to do was to sit back and let us let us run around and let us get tired and let us, you know, waste waste chance and get frustrated because we're not we, we can't find the goal and we find the goal and they, they don't even really start playing. We just drift out of the game as we usually do, as, as Lewis highlighted in the second halves. Um, we give away a stupid free kick. Um, they take it 10 metres, a bit, bit closer to the box than the, than the foul, but fuck it. And Rongier is, is for some reason, marking one of their centre-backs um, who's, who's 20 centimetres taller than him, who, who Longley gets up for the header and, and equalises. And then, then it gets a bit weird. Um, we, we commit men forwards. We we make weird substitutions, as you say, uh, Lewis. You know, we, we put Kalasinac on. He turns out very to have late, a, very yeah, late, like eighty of the main issue. Yeah, that was the main issue And and so we again, you you know, he misses a bit of a sitter, really. But but again, you 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 know, you rely on the fucking centre back to, to score a goal for you. And then the inevitable happens in classic OM style. Um, completely unbelievable fucking shape of the team. In the 94th minute, um, they're three on one, bearing down on our defence. There's only poor little Lembemba. He doesn't know what to do. Maybe he could have brought the guy down, get sent off, but it goes too quick and, and they score the winning goal. And suddenly, you know, 10 minutes before the end, we were we were through to the, the Europa League because Frankfurt were, were drawing. Um, no, sorry, Lisbon were winning already in, in, in Frankfurt. And... We we throw that away. We throw everything away at the end. Um, I, I guess that we could go over the game, but but it, it echoes a lot of what we've already said about about the team and the way we performed and and the, and the sort of limits of the team. Um, do you guys have anything to add before I, I ask you a bit of a debate question? Yeah, I think. Look, actually, I I wasn't a fan of our first half, and let me explain. Um, Tottenham have decided to do nothing, which they were really, they, they, they follow that script really well. They were totally awful. Um, but because, to be honest, and the one thing that Tudor is really bringing to the team, okay, we're pressing really well, but our defenders, you know, are usually three against three attackers, uh, you know, one-on-one with a lot of space behind them. And our, and our, our defenders have progressed enormously. They've don- dominated... Um, the Tottenham front three, uh, and when you know the quality, you know Son, uh, Mora, and uh, and uh, Harry Kane, and so on, and they were tremendous. Um, now, as usual, he put he put that is more compact team with Gendouzi at number ten, 
with with Harit and then Alexei in front. So you you like lacking speed, lacking dribbling, lacking dynamism, and Tottenham were really happy to to defend and control the, the you know the, the center of their defense, the center of the pitch being very compact. So they let us go around like a big U, like a big U. Uh, so we, we keep having the ball to like Nuno or, or close for crosses where there's there's nobody in the in the box apart from you know um, quite a small player like Alexis Sanchez, and because of that we didn't create much. So we we used a, a tremendous amount of energy. Um, we are good at creating differences on the wings. But because of that, we, we bring a, a lot of players to create these defenses, you know, this combination. And then we end up with, let's say, Nuno on the cross, who crosses, but that usually there's just one or two players in the box against a, a, a def- three defenders of Tottenham. So, you know, it's all well and good. We dominate. We don't create much again. Um, thankfully, we had that corner. We're really good at corners, and that made a difference. But I think that's not enough for the amount of energy that we give knowing that in the second half, at every game, we struggle. So as, as Louis said, and as you said, start second half for the first 15 minutes, Tottenham's decide to push and we just don't have the energy or, or I don't know, the, the, the coach struggled to motivate the team again to press and, and give it a good go. And, and we struggle. Kane does his thing. He's really good to keep the ball. He gets these free kicks. And one of these free kicks, we have the quality of Paris, they score. And that's you so. As soon as Tottenham needed to score, as soon as they needed to come back, they could. And it shows the kind of difference in terms of level uh, between the two teams. And I think the team really struggled physically. And that's why my, my biggest point about Tudor is not actually who he put in in his changes. He said he waited for the 75th minute to make uh, some of the subs. And you know from the Tottenham goal, are like the 55th roughly, to the 75th, there were 20 minutes where all our players looked so tired and Tottenham was ready to, to get beaten, really. They were not really good. Um, and he didn't bring the likes of Payet, the likes of Under, the likes of, uh, who else do we have going to be? Even Suarez, let's say, or Gerson. Okay, Suarez, I'll cut you off right there. Suarez is the worst footballer I've ever seen play up front. <laughs> and that's... That's saying something. No, he's he's won a he's won a competition, obviously, to be a pro he footballer. Is There's no so, explanation. So bad. And I still cannot believe I won't start this debate now, but we spent what was it, ten million on him? Yeah, ten million. When you look at Kolasinac, who by the way has had a couple good games, we got him for free. When you look at Nuna Tavares, who's had a couple good games, but is also a really atrocious footballer, he's on loan. When you look at a lot of the atrocious footballers we have, a lot of them are free or loans. We spent 10 million euros on Luis Suarez. He is so, so bad. But anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish the, the talk. No worries. I've seen a lot worse than Suarez. I, I, think he's, I think he's not that bad, but he's not Champions League level for sure. But, he, he, you know, so he, for me, the, the biggest issue is I waited so, so long to make these kind of subs. And then in terms of the sub, I, I did like Under to come in. I did like Konasinac because he would bring something more than, than Gigo on that left side, combining with Nuno and having some of these runs because Gigo is not quite an attacking player. So I did like Konasinac. And then you bring. I'll interrupt you on that one again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why? Sorry. So Gigo came on for Baye because Baye got injured, right? Yeah. And then Gigo then came off for Kolasinac. Why don't you bring Kolasinac on in the first place? I, I agree on that. 
I agree on that. I think he just wanted to. Was it the first half, right? So he wanted yeah. to make sure he was stable, and I think he trusts more Gigo on the defensive side of things. I think yeah, at some point he could see that that left side we struggled to find Nuno in the second half. We struggled to to kind of uh, uh, create, and and he put Colasinac in terms of Gigo. I, I didn't mind that change. He could have put Colasinac to start with. I agree with you. But I think that that made sense. I, I quite like Colasinac as a central defender on that back three on the left, trying to play with with Nuno. I think that works quite well. But then he puts um, he puts Caboret, which Caboret is not really good with the ball, especially when you play against a defensive block. He's not the one who gets the ball under pressure. He's not the one that's going to dribble. He's not going to want to make a difference. He's really good against a, 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 when you play away from him, like at Strasbourg, when he has a you know a long line to run with his you know huge speed he has, but not when you need to make a difference uh, against a, a, a tight block. And you could see we didn't even want to pass him the ball at some point, so that the whole right side was totally dead for the last 15 minutes. And then he puts Suarez, who... Look, I don't think the guy is... is He's a bad player. But he's, he's shit. Not, he's terrible. I, he's, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think he's that bad. And I, hopefully, we'll see in the future that he's okay. I'm. I'm saying he's like, you know, he's a legal level. I think he's a legal level. But he came and he was totally awful because his lack of confidence, because he doesn't play, because you know whatever. And that was a mistake to put him in. And definitely bringing Payet would have surely brought some more. So. Uh, you know, the Suarez and Caboret decision were awful. They totally backfired. And bringing, bringing a player like Kunda and not bringing Payen, bringing Lacunda so late in the game, when you saw that he brought that difference, he brought some dribble, he brought some movement, and he gave that amazing ball to Kolasinac, I think that's just way too long before we bring these changes while we were totally dead physically. So for me, for me, it's, it's on Tudor again. At least we should have had a draw. But, you know, again, I do not understand his mindset with the subs. I, 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 I'm really frustrated. Sorry, Ben, go. we went on a bit of a, uh, <laughs> bit of a rant there. <laughs> um, but I'll, well, ask you, I'll ask you both a question. It. But it's, it's, it's a serious one. Would you rather Luis Suarez or Ben Algerma? Open question. And I think it's one worth asking, genuinely. Uh, Germain, Germain for me, but um, but just because I think that his his profile is totally different and he'd he'd fit better in this team. I I, I would I could honestly, if it was in in his first couple of seasons with us, I could honestly see Germain in this system um, behind behind the striker, and I think he'd he'd have a lot of joy actually, um, because he was playing in the similar sort of system under Jardim when they when they won Liga with uh, with Monaco and and Falcao was up front, wasn't he? So. Arrest my case. Uh, yeah. We just chose Valère Germain ahead of a guy that we spent 10 million euros on. That's it. That's all I wanted to know. I mean, look, t- 10 million for a, a decent, um, he's, he's decent for a decent striker. It's not crazy money. And I'm sure there was a bit of the fact that he was owned by Watford in terms of like, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's what I suspect, sadly. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's worth like what? He's worth 70 years already. So maybe we have a pay. So family thing? What, what's, what's up with Watford? So they own they own Granada and Watford. And you know, we have the gay thing with, with Watford, with FIFA and shit. So, so a lot of. Uh, a lot of insiders, and, and it, see, it can see, it's, it seems to make a bit of sense that maybe we're we're compensating them this way by, uh, but it's it's just it's stupid, right? We're we, we're now burdened with a fucking donkey for for God knows yes. how long, 
um, just to, just to avoid getting a transfer ban. So so Longoria can play more football manager in the coming months. But um, yeah. It's, can we move it, to Lyon? Can we move to the Olympico? Unless you have something <laughs> to say, man. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, yeah. You're done. But but I guess you know that was the answer, I guess. But um, but the the final question I wanted to ask, and it's it's down to this huge fucking mess that, that has arisen. So apparently, the players weren't aware of the the, the Lisbon Frankfurt game uh, score. So. There, there was a big debate in French press the next day, which was Tudor, after the game, told them, I decided not to tell them um, because I wanted them focused on the game. Um, and apparently a few of the players were fuming. Um, you know, it was, it's, it's, uh, apparently Friot went down from, from the director's box with Longoria to make them aware of that on the bench. And, and for whatever reason, they, they, hey. they didn't, didn't do it. Now... Wow. Okay, here's I, my. I guess. Yeah. I, no, but I guess my my question is because because remember what I said at the beginning of this game. They knew we knew the players knew chasing the win or not chasing the win. You know that a defeat knocks you out of anything completely. Um, and and it's the 94th minute, and I get that we're chasing a desperate goal, but but there's there's no explanation for for Ballardi, Kolasinac, all of those players being in the positions they're in when that counterattack happens but but my question is based on this debate um and and I, and I suspect this is one that divides the fan base right is would it what would you have preferred would you have preferred that we we we'd have known about the result in the eight, the, the 80th minute when it was pretty clear that, that it just happened and we'd we'd played it safer. We'd not gone for the win, or would or, or are you happy with? Well, you are you okay with Tudor thinking? Fuck Europa League. Let's go all out to try and qualify. Okay, I'll try to be a, a, a not too emotional about this, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be a tiny bit fair. We the beginning of the podcast we talked about how our second halves we don't go and get results enough, and we expect that you know parking the bus and chilling back is going to work for us in it and it rarely ever does so we've said that now we're having a go at them for going for it too much and don't get me wrong i i'm fuming at that decision i think first thing that needs to happen is when it comes to the sort of 83rd minute and we haven't scored yet but we're also not conceding that many humongous chances we conceded a couple you let the players know i think absolutely 100 you let the players know and Definitely. say, okay, guys, you know, let's let's not park the bus and, and wait for them to come, but let's play our usual football, which is relatively high press and, and you know, uh, uh, relatively attacking, but without going all out attack, the, the plays, the, the, the replay of that, of that final, uh, of that final goal is ridiculous. It's ludicrous how far forward everybody was. I think you can find a middle ground between, okay, let's not lose this one because that would definitely eliminate us, and let's let's still let's go and try to let's try to get let's try to get a goal. Now I think if you let the players know, if you inform them on the current situation in in Frankfurt or in or in Lisbon, then I think the answer is is pretty clear, which is you don't go all out attack and you play it safe and we get Europa League. And I think every one of us, the three of us, at least, are happy with that result. Some on Twitter might go, oh, why didn't we go for the win? Whatever. We would have been qualified for something. I think if you decide not to let them know, which I think is still ludicrous, and I can't believe that that, that Tudor chose not to let them know, 
I think in that case, you 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 support the same idea, which is you know, as you say, Ben, you know that a defeat that that kills any hope of anything, right? A win certainly qualifies us for the Champions League. If you don't, if you're not aware of the result in the other game, then and and you're drawing at that point, you say, okay, we'll make a concerted effort to win it. We're not going to give it all up for a potential loss. You've seen teams push before for an, a desperate goal, right? You've seen you've seen them down to one and the keeper comes up and all of that. That's one thing. We weren't in that situation. We very much weren't in that situation, which comes back to the idea of communicating the information to the players. I think context in these situations is really important. It informs the reasons why you're making the decisions that Tudor was making. I think when you decide not to bring on Payet, uh, you know, that tells me as a player on the pitch, oh, okay, we must be doing okay because if we're not bringing on Payet, then that means we're not desperate for a goal. And yet we played like we were desperate for a goal. So there's clearly a difference in 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 what what the players believed, what the coaches believed, what Longori believes. And I think that was the biggest issue was the lack of communication. I can't think of many situations in football, but in life where a lack of communication is a good thing. And and in this case, I mean, it was I feel like it was obvious. I'm easy to say in retrospect, um, but I yeah, a, a fuming fuming at that. Yeah, now for me, it's uh, look, it's, it's generally the same idea. I'd say he, he, he had to tell the players at some point, especially when we were. I, I think it's it's all about how much you're pushing the cursor, right? So we we push the attacking cursor in the last five minutes, you know, in the extra time, we push it to ninety percent or hundred percent. We were just, you know, it, we just missed the, the, our goalkeeper to go in there trying to score a goal. But apart from that. Um, we were all in, and we just needed to be eighty percent max, let's say, instead of hundred percent. We just needed to make sure that Tottenham wouldn't be in a position to be three attackers against one of our defenders. We just needed to to play very attacking football, take some risks with a little bit of mindset of like, yeah, but you know, let's not give them a goal, which is pretty much what we did. Um, so you know, it sounds simple, but instead of having one player in defense in the last play, you just needed two players. And if at some point Tottenham score because they do a, a really good play, then okay, well that's football. We we give it up. You know, I understand what we gave. You know, all what we did to try to score a goal, but just that little bit of like let let's keep the draw because it's it's so important for us. It's a lot of money. Uh, for the fans, you know, and Europa League is the only real huge competition that we have a chance to win. There's no other huge competition, you know, important, Liga or whatever, th- that we can win. It's only the Europa League, let- let's be real. So uh, m- missing out on it is is pretty frustrating. And I think we just, instead of going 100% attack, we should have gone just like 80%, be a bit mindful. And, and that's it, another very frustrating moment. And to be fair, sorry to wrap up on this game. Uh, to be fair, Hoiberg scored an absolute worldie. This is a defensive a great, midfielder. Yeah, great goal. Yeah. Ran with the ball for what forty meters, and then uh, inside of the post and in, like it's a worldie. But we so deserved it. I think they they could have played it many ways and would have scored on three on three on one at that point yeah, in the game. Three on one. Um, 
Yeah. But uh, but but yeah, I think you're I think you're bang on. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. I mean, appropriately, this uh, this episode is is tied to that. But does it have to be a hundred percent or zero percent? Uh, and I feel like very obvious answer is is no. Another well, mistake we, we, from Tudor. Sorry about that. Yeah, there's that, there's that. But we 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 do, we don't have a middle ground. Is exactly. I mean, I mean the 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 last way I've I looked at it was was. Okay, so imagine they knew about the score in the other game and we sat back. We all know, deep down, we would have given away a fucking stupid penalty or a corner and they would have scored from it anyway because um, that's the OM way, right? If we if we'd have sat back for the last 10 minutes, it would have come back to bite us in the ass. We still would have lost somehow, I'm sure, um, which is why it is what it is, sadly. Uh, but But... When I when I read that that Frio had gone down to tell the bench, and and Trudeau had no qualms in the press conference saying I didn't want to tell the players it was my decision, um, I can't help but think that maybe just maybe there's going to start being some uh, some serious fallings out falling outs with Ribalta and Longoria who I, I think would have would have like us preferred at least Europa League because we have two bigger squads. For, for just the Liga, um, and yeah. it's not going to help with the game time of the petulant fuckers who aren't playing. So um, I think it, it puts pressure on them now to to, to have to sell uh, or send more more of these guys out on on cheap loans in in January, um, and especially bearing in mind that we're we're a huge possibility of seeing some of our shit loanees come back, like Luis Enrique, who's barely kicks a ball in Brazil. Amavi has, has not played at all in in in, uh, in Spain. Uh, so who knows what could happen? We could end up stuck with one of those two donkeys coming back. But to, let's wrap up on that. It's just frustrating in Europe, yet again, inexperience, poor game management, and, and we get punished like amateurs. Um, on to the last game that we'll cover, which was last night. So Lyon. Um, <laughs> Apart from the result, thankfully, but it was the <laughs> same pattern again <laughs> and again and again. Pretty much. Um, I... I I'd like to say, you know, you go into this game with the form, the shit form they've been in, the terrible start to the season they've had, and you go into it thinking, yeah, we've got this. But we've been in pretty bad form. But but our record against them is just abysmal. Um, with last night included, we've only beat them twice in, in the last 27 games against them. Um, there's been, I think there's been something like 13 draws and they've won, they've won quite a lot of them as well. No, that is, that is, well, that's embarrassing. Sure? I, I, I shit you not. I shit you not. You're sure of these um, stats? <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I mean, as you saw the la- the the stat in the in the group earlier that I posted. It's uh, th- this was the first time we kept a clean sheet against Lyon since 1997. No, no, a clean sheet while 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 we won. Yes, sorry, but while winning, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because there's been a few nil nils. Yeah, there's few nil. Um, yeah. But but we yeah we we hadn't beaten them. I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it now. To, 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 uh, yeah, we 27 games. Twi- uh, twice in 27. Anyway. No, 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 we have not. I'm telling you, we have not. The, the, we uh, beat them. The club. Do you know when the last time we beat them was with Payet and the AVB when he scores those two goals? Yes. What a we had game we that was. What a yeah, game. It was. It was a celebration <laughs> where he shows his... Well, yeah, that one. That yeah, it's Corones. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, so not not you know not the, not the most confident amongst the fan base. Apparently, the atmosphere. Well, you were there. No, you weren't there, Lewis. Um, no, 
No, you were there Tuesday, but, but apparently the atmosphere in the city was really weird. People weren't really up for it. There was there was a lot of tension. It was like uh, there was rumours from the Virage that things were going to burn if um, if we if we didn't win. Um, I read even earlier that, that, that there was a planned trip to the Commanderie the next day um, by oh. some of by by the fanatics and some of them. Uh, if we do, if we lost, so we didn't. Um, quite emphatically celebrated the goal that, that we scored, Gigo, and, and fair play to him. You know, he's someone from the region, and um, he, he's been through a rough patch recently, and, and he, you know, he sort of ignited the crowd a bit. And, and we hate fucking Leo anyway, so any chance to rub him in it, good. But again, we we just can't see a game out confidently or, or serenely. And um, even though he did make changes pretty early in the second half, and uh, the lineup was a bit new, you know, Arit, um, Arit started with with Under again. Duzi was on the bench because, quite frankly, personally, I thought he was our worst performer against Tottenham. He was he was lost. He gave the ball away cheaply every time, including for their goal at the end. Um, so we, we changed a bit, but probably not as uh, as much as people were expecting with Dieng starting, which was rumoured all, all week. Um, and we come away with the win. Fortunately, we stopped the rot a bit. We're back up to one pl- one point from third place, which is uh, say it, it's it's quite decent considering how far behind we we were a few weeks a couple of weeks ago from from that spot. Um, <sighs> I guess in terms of the stakes, just going into the game, do, do either of you feel like this was this was win or you know this was all or nothing as, as we titled the show? Is was it all or nothing for Trudor? And was this sort of if he yes. didn't win against against Lyon, was it over? And I yes, and I think for a very specific reason, other than the potential burning of uh, those poor trees outside of the Commanderie, which was probably going to happen again. Uh, th- th- what you just said about Frio coming down. Um, I think that him not telling the players and telling the media that he didn't tell the players about the Tottenham situation, um, I think that Longoria, knowing how passionate and how stubborn he is and his ideas, I think that that must have really, really, you know, uh, annoyed him more than that. And I think his days are... It's, especially as he's been backing him, hasn't he? He's backed he him has. No, when the course. players tried to mutiny before the season started. He's backed them. He's backed, backed him, him for a lot. Way. And this is how he's repaid, is by getting ignored in the most important game in the last half decade, to be honest. The most important game mm. in, in Marseille's last half decade. Um, so I think that with a bad result here, and actually a bad result against Monaco next week, um, I think could really shake things up. If there were good managers sort of lining up, this was the depressing state of things, actually, to be honest. I was speaking about it with a friend uh, that I went to the velodrome with on, on Tuesday. If we had a whole line of managers, if we were sort of like Man United, right? When Oli got sacked, there were queues of managers, world-class managers knocking on the door to sort of interview for Man U. Who's coming to Who's coming to Marseille right now? Who? What good manager is coming to Marseille right now? And I think Longoria knows that. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying that it was all or nothing because I don't think there is, I don't think there is a, a real replacement for him right now that would be available. Um, but certainly this Lyon game and the upcoming Monaco game are are pivotal. And I think he barely passed the test yesterday, although he did. We'll give him give him the flowers for that. Um, uh, but I think I think it yeah we're not we're not far off from an all or nothing type situation. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, like 
and in that you, you you hit it you know right on the head of of um right on the head there is like who who could we get as a replacement because i i've lost my trust in tudor i i do not like him i do not i think he, he really looks like a newbie as a coach he, i don't think he's ready for a club like marseille and uh, usually i'm the kind of guy who leaves uh, uh, wants to leave a lot of time to coaches and so on I just don't feel it with him. I think he's totally uh, not ready for for that level. And to some extent, maybe um, a disappointing result could have been good in the long run if uh, Longoria would have um, been able to find a, a good replacement. There bounds to be there bound to be some some good replacement. I have no clue who. I haven't looked at the list or what. There bound to be some better coaches out there, but. Um, but to give credit to Tudor, there's one thing that um, I kind of kind of didn't expect is how much he found a way to remotivate the team, and they were ready to go and run and press like mad, and believe uh, against Lyon at least in the first half. And I thought, by you know the huge knock on the head that we got, that we got against Tottenham, I thought it would be extremely hard for the team to to bounce. And credit to the coach, he found the right words or, 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 or he found the right players and, and it, you know, they were ready to fight. I did like the fact that he changed a little bit in terms of putting Under in number 10. So, you know, we had Arit, Under and, uh, and uh, Alexi up front. So a bit more skills compared to the usual uh, Genduzia's 10. So finally, you, you start to see things where he's, he's starting to, to learn a little bit that he needs to, to go for it with skilled player a bit more than just, um, just you know, player who work hard for the team. So that was better. I think we were, um, we were better in the first half. We deserved to score, you know, uh, at least one more goal. Maybe we could have had a penalty. It, it was a really good first half, you know, overall. Um, but then again, um, we started the second half totally knackered and you know the, the the Tottenham game explained a lot of that I do understand why the team was tired I did like the change when he brought Genduzi on then because you know you could feel that the team was tired he wanted to have a bit of a block um, but then he took ages again to make more subs while well, you could see that the team was shattered and he took ages to take Payet I think Payet played like 10 minutes eight minutes and he brought a lot, actually, when he was in. He brought a lot, you know, in, in the way we kept the ball and, you know, be able to sustain a bit more of, of that pressure from Lyon because Lyon were pressing really hard in the second. And to be honest, a normal Lyon uh, with the usual quality that, that they have, they should have they should have equalised and it should have been another disappointment for us because the second half, we just couldn't, couldn't do anything with the ball. So, we were really, really bad. We have to highlight really that. I think they, they were, really I mean, they were that was about as bad a Lyon team as I've seen in, in, in recent years. I think it, it was funny. The what I'm sure you watched this, Ben, the Arsenal Chelsea game. I had that same thought about Chelsea where I thought, gosh, Arsenal were good, but Chelsea were bad. I think this was one of those situations where Marseille were fine. Oh, Lyon, if I'm a Lyon supporter after that game, gosh, eighth in the league just lost by not even really playing football that they have what two shots on target one shot on target some ridiculous like obviously credit to our defense i don't want to just um, yeah our defenders have been really good but our defense was good uh, it was it was good but they 
Yeah, just while we're on the defence, guys, uh, you know, let's 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 talk very quickly about Mr. Ballardi. <laughs> he, um, he, 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 for, for, he's, I like him. He's a likable character, but he has ups and downs, and sadly for him, his downs are just rock bottom. Um, you know, de- de- deflecting the shot against Lost that then goes in. Um, that that's that silly mistake against Ajaccio that cost us a goal. Um, and then in the second half, he, he kicked Touré in the face. Well, I thought he'd broken his nose, um, and I, I, but he didn't. But, but um, all that aside, he's been brilliant. Um, he had Kane in his pocket all night on Tuesday. He had uh, Dembélé, then Lacazette in his pocket all night last night. Um, you know, there, there is a really good player in there somewhere, I think, if he can stay consistent. And he's, I think he's really improved this year already. Um, and hopefully the World Cup doesn't doesn't interrupt his form too much. And he, he, can, he continues after after the World Cup with his form because he's, him and Mbemba are our best defenders this year. I agree with you. And yet I will say, not to be too pessimistic, I think the worst parts of Balerdi are also his best parts. His sort of super energetic, uh, aggressive style is also what leads him to it, it's what leads him to you know uh, against Kane it was really impressive he was sort of he was on him as soon as Kane got the ball or whoever up front got the ball he was on them right there and he was putting his foot forward and and winning the ball back but that's also what what sort of um pushes him to whack Torre in the face and everything i think he's a he's erratic which can be great but can also be detrimental um, that might be slightly unfair. I think he's had some good games where he's been a bit more calm and composed. Um, certainly a better defender than he's ever been uh, with us, um, thus or without us, to, for that matter. He played, what, 15 professional games before he signed for us. So yep. I agree. I'm happy to see him where he's at right now. But I also think that his his strength, he's never going to be a sort of William Saliba you know, calm and composed, no. uh, you know, defender. Uh, again, that might be a bit of an unfair comparison because William Saliba is the new Van Dyke, but um, he is, he I, he's great. I mean, but Mbemba is a real, real plus for me. I think um, obviously he's red. I can't believe we got him on the free. Can you yeah, believe we got, we got him on the free? free. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We got him on a free. He's our best player so far this season. So for easily. Me. Easily he our is. best player. Although he's made two, Big, big mistakes, in my opinion. Uh, one was obviously the, the red card against Tottenham. Uh, did he have a choice? I don't know. Maybe he didn't have a choice, and I'm, I'm being slightly harsh. Um, but then there's, and I'm forgetting against who it was. Help me out here. There was a goal that we conceded where he was just completely in the wrong position. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, um, yeah, no, Mbemba, great. Balerdi, fine uh, or good, um, considering how far, you know, how far mm. Bailly's come from. And I think Bailly, when Bailly's healthy, and I, again, I feel like a Man U fan because they used to say this and I used to laugh at them for years. They say, oh, when Bailly can play three straight games, he's he's really, really solid. And it's like, it's a big if. It's like saying if Abu Dhabi could have played half a season, uh-huh. he could have been Zidane. But yeah, but health and <laughs> health and and sort of stability and and endurance is part of being a professional footballer. And Bai just ugh, doesn't doesn't have that. 
Yeah, I guess, I, I guess yeah, we've done well. You know what? We've crammed four games and, and a lot of a lot of uh, of ranting in in an hour and six minutes. But <laughs> yeah, sorry, I do. I guess we'll just no, it's all right, <laughs> guys. We had to we had to cover four games. Um, that will teach you guys to not record every week with with me and Steph. There you go. Um, here, uh, we got the win. We stopped the rots. Not all is well. Um, Monaco next week, and then we break up for the World Cup. What What are your predictions? How do you see that game going? And we'll finish on this. Alex? I think, you know, I think we'll win. I think we'll win because I reckon Tudor is, is slightly starting to change. And I think he will put a team that will counter very fast against Monaco. He will let the, let the ball to Monaco to some extent, or at least let's say a bit like Strasbourg. You, you, you don't have to press as high, but you will have like a Bamba Dieng up front and, you know, try to be a bit more killer in, in counters. Maybe it's just wishful thinking, but here you go. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I think we will have the, the players to hurt them. Um, if he does his usual, uh, you know, Genduzi at 10, press high, but have nobody to create any difference in the last third, and then Monaco skill player hit us, then, you know, I think he should be sacked. I just have it. I, I'm not a fan of Tudor. I do not trust him. I think we have a squad to finish top three, and looking where it's going, I'm wondering if we will. So, um, yeah, um, uh, let's hope he's slowly, you know, evolving as a coach. I think that we are. Right, not it's going evolve to or die. It's evolve or die. As yeah, far as evolve or die. I think but, we're yeah. not going to win. I think we're going to draw. And I'll tell you for why. I think that Monaco are really, really good. Um, they don't always show it, they're not always consistent, but they're a really good team. They've lost one league game in like the last two months, and it was a freak, a 4 3 game against Lille. Um, they haven't been perfect, especially in the Europa League. Um, they got clapped by Trasbonspor 4-0, I think it was. Um, but they're a really solid team. And you know what? They're a team that do the simple things well, just like Frankfurt. They have the likes of the Gullivans and those guys. They True. just know how to, you know, uh, pass, touch, touch, pass, touch, pass. They have a better team than us. They have a better squad. They have a better squad than us. That hasn't stopped us in the past. But yeah. I I'm expecting a two-two draw. Prediction. I'll take that. To be fair, I think it's you have Paris and Monaco above us in terms of squad. Then after we can look at everyone in the eye, if, if not better than the others, and it's down to to not show it. I can't I can't believe you said two-two. Like, you, can you really see us scoring more than one? <laughs> well, um, there'll be an own goal. There'll be like a yeah, just own goal or something. More like. I, 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 we score in the first yeah, half, one, one. and we just defend in the second and concede and in concede. the last. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think one-one. Um, uh, again, I, I, it doesn't matter if we're going over five minutes, but um, just, just one last thing actually from from last night's game, and and again, I, I always say it, I hate circling back on the referees because we know we're going to get screwed and we should expect it, but Christ, I mean, this Lutex is 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 reaching levels that Chopin never, ever reached. I mean, against PSG, it was bad. But last night, it was just another level. I mean, um, 
the, the, the tackle from Taglafico on Sanchez, he gets nothing of the ball before he gets both Sanchez's legs. Yeah. That should have been a penalty. He gives he gives a foul on Sanchez for, I mean, you know, we debated it this afternoon, Alex, in, in the chat. Um, you know, yeah, you can't put his hand on his back. He knows that, that that's going to get caught on by the cameras or the ref's going to see it. And even if he barely touches him, he's going to give that foul. But um, there, there were just loads of other incidents, some some horrible tackles on, on one on Gigot, one on Vertu, didn't even give a free kick. And yeah. Vertu was on the ground for five minutes, you know, so... You could see the mark on his on his, uh, on his his leg, you know, you could see the yeah. mark. And and so beyond him, what the fuck is VAR doing? Like, Frappard, is, was, she, was she doing the nails? Was she having a kebab? The hell are they doing? And and it's Lutexier every time now, and it's it's starting to become obvious. Um, what uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into the debate of what can we do because clearly it's going to take years before this changes, and it's going to take huge structural changes in in, in the Federation Française de Football. But um, were you were you sort of fearful? Because I was fearful towards the end that he'd find a penalty for them somehow, um, and. As 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 much as I want to be pragmatic and say, look, you know, we, we need to we need to we need to be aware we're going to be playing twelve men when we play with these types of referees and especially against these opponents. But it's like, what, what how bad was he for you guys? Yeah, yeah. For me, look, the thing is, and we know that uh, against Paris or against Lyon. The 50-50s will not go our way. It's just a fact. And look, usually I'm not the one to complain too much about referees. I think there's been a huge improvement on the way we are refereed now since the VAR. I think when we play pretty much all the other team, I think we generally fairly refereed. We get our penalties when we should. And, we, you know, other teams also get theirs usually. You know, overall, I wouldn't complain too much for the other games. But then when we play Lyon or when we play Paris, um, it's like you could feel the, the weight of the pressure of Paris because of all the, you know, media power and, and money power behind. So the referee kind of musting for a second, like, you know, if he gives us a penalty that gives the win, you know, all the media will talk about it and he'll start to feel some, some pressure somehow. Well, I think for Lyon, it's more a question of the way the federation is is set up and Olas being uh, part of the board of directors of the federation, which is judging the, the referee uh, as a group and putting some pressure on them. And it's something that I've been mentioned by, by ex-referees in the past in a video that you actually sent in the group uh, t- today. Um, so we're just not... Yeah, clearly not being refereed the same way against these two teams. Best example is um, last year in Paris when, uh, I can't remember, I think it's Neymar shot, it's Rongier's leg, and then he eats his, his hand randomly. And because of that, they had a penalty. What this year, we had one of the Paris defender, you know, kind of, you know, blocking one of the shots that we that Alex he had with his hand and we didn't get the penalty. And it was like, that was just so obvious, but yeah. Yeah, um, I think we well, have too many things to worry about, to worry about Vitixian, Chopin, Co. I think I'm almost sort of desensitized to it. I, I can Same, yeah, the problems run deeper indeed. Yeah, yeah. It, problems run deeper, and I think if we play good football, the extent of that issue isn't 
to the, I mean, it only becomes an issue when we play poorly. I think I've, at least in the last few years, it's only been an issue when we're, and that's why it's, it's doubly frustrating when it's against sort of Lyon and PSG, but I, 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 it's not enough for me to, there are certain things, you know, like the, 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 the Barca Chelsea game, the infamous uh, Bart with that big bald referee who just kind of robbed Chelsea and there, you know, I've experienced moments where I think we're really being treated unfairly. Um, and I, I do think the league, generally speaking, looks down upon us, or at least um, they, they, you know, they don't like us. But I don't think it's to the extent that we, I think we can win games, you know, 12 against 11, um, as you put it, Ben. I think that it's not to an extent where they're outright robbing us. There are moments where you're like, okay, if this was Neymar instead of Alexis Sanchez getting taken out on the goal line, you know, I'm expecting a. I mean, first of all, I'm expecting a whole ballerina dance from uh, from Neymar, um, and 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 a you know a whining for three minutes. But I'm also expecting that to be penalty and a red card. Um, for sure, but that changes like everything that. at that level. It does. Like yeah. it's and about I detail. I do. I still don't think that it's worth sort of losing sleep over because I think that when we play well, good oh, or bad just... referee, we could win. In the big games, I don't know. Well, I, to be I, that much better than the others, I don't know. Uh, but what are we I, gonna I, do? My point is, what are we gonna do? I guess, I guess nothing. I mean, I guess that's the question we can ask for everything. And I guess the answer is exactly. always, you know, nothing. I guess we keep paying to go to the games and keep watching them on our tellies and hope that. You know, what we can do as a club is start to put our guys in the federation. It takes, you know, ten years to have an impact. But we should, and it's something that we've delayed, delayed, delayed for 30 years, 40 years. Uh, well, since it, it, it's, yeah, it's not so much delayed, it's just that we've never had the people employed for long enough to be yeah. able to, you know, to yeah, place them in those positions. La Brune, it's not case, La, La Brune is in the yeah. Federation, isn't he? No, it's the LFP, it's the league, it's the, it, yeah, the, the referees yeah. um, report to the Federation and yeah. the LFP is the league. But uh, yeah, true. But but still, but 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 the problem is he he fucking hates us and we hate him. So <laughs> um, it's yeah. it's difficult to, uh, to 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 gauge if it would actually have an impact. Who who at the end of the day, who leaves the club on good terms? Not many people. Um, <laughs> you know, Iro had to leave because he was not far off getting death threats. I'm sure. Um, La Brune pretty much got death, death threats. Um, Dacia left because he emptied, emptied the coffers. Uh, <laughs> there's just too many horror stories, but, um, but maybe but one day. Most important, since Tavar, Lyon are a lot less held than it used to be. Yeah, they've and never finished in the top three since Vieira. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and since Tavar, we are a lot less uh, um, uh, frustrated with the refereeing for 90% of the games. So, look, usually I don't pay too much attention on the referees now. It's just on these big highlight games that, you know, all the 50-50s are not quite going our way. But, look, I'm, I'm fine with it because now the overall tournament feels a lot more fair than it used to be. Let's great. end it there. Yeah, um, great, great chat, guys. <laughs> great rant. Great, great therapy. therapy. It's, it's back to the therapy version of the show, but... Uh, Always a pleasure, gents. Um, thanks to the listeners. Congrats again to Steph. Uh, we will record next week after the, the, the Monaco game. Um, and th there's a few other topics I've picked up on that are outside of the just the pitch that maybe we'll elaborate on 
next week's we'll have less to talk about because there'll only be one game. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for joining. Pleasure. And we'll get this out on the airwaves as soon as we can. Good night, guys. Bye, Thank guys. you very much. Bye-bye.